My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports, Gavin Berry and Scott McDermott. Guys, how are you both? Hey, very well, thank you. It's great to be joining both of you. Um, Gav, we're going to be talking all things Rangers today. Obviously, a huge mm-hmm. week for the club. Yeah. Michael Beale's appointment. Uh, first of all, just generally, what's your take of Beale's appointment? Well, I have to I have to say, Daniel, that when we did a Facebook Live, I think uh, I think you hosted it, myself and Andy Newport, on the day that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was sacked, I think, when we threw out all the names that were there, Sean Dyche and um, all the different sort of candidates. I, I did say then that I didn't think they would go for Michael Bill. I thought it was too inexperienced and so I can't change my mind now. Um, but obviously as the story developed and time went on, it uh, quickly became clear that Michael Bill was the number one choice. Um, so we'll just, just need to wait and see how it goes now. He's been appointed, obviously had his press conference yesterday, uh, streamed live, uh, watched it, just... I don't think, well, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It didn't have the wow factor, certainly not Steven Gerrard, maybe not even quite the excitement of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, but I think that was to be expected because, you know, you're dealing with someone who was already at the club before in a different capacity. There's no getting away from it. You know, fans weren't really overwhelmed when it became clear that Beal was the number one choice. Um, But... You know, that's not to say it can't be a, a good appointment. I imagine, I mean, myself and Scott are, are a wee bit young. I don't know, Scott, you maybe say better, tell me better. But if you go back to 1991, when Graham Soonis left and Walter Smith was appointed, how would the excitement levels have been then? I mean, were, were people sort of, you know, were they hoping for a bigger name after on the back of Soonis? And look how that worked out. So, look, he's got plenty experience certainly in football at different levels, at big clubs. He's spoken about that himself. He doesn't have experience um, as a manager in his own right, apart from the short spell at QPR. But as I say, you know, the board are obviously confident in him and we'll need to wait and see how it goes. I think in terms of his actual press conference yesterday, um, very polished, but you'd expect that. He's always you know, been a good talker. He's not somebody I don't think is phased by the, being in front of the camera. Um, but it's all about what happens now. I think he said himself, there's no point in having big talk about what they're going to do. Uh, and certainly not in the short term in terms of like a title race, they're nine points behind. Um, but the question is, can he be his own man at Rangers and be successful, as successful as he was ultimately in the end as a coach under Stephen Gerrard? And only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, you were at the press conference yesterday. What did you make of Bill's first kind of appearance in front of the in front of the media, were you impressed or were you kind of... I was impressed. Yeah, Daniel, very impressed. Um, A very good communicator. Uh, As Gav says, a good talker. He's no shy on giving opinions and stuff. Answered every question really well, even a few difficult ones thrown in about his QPR exit and and things like that. Um, What I would say, the the thing I took most from it was probably, I think there's a kind of perception of Michael Beale and I probably bought into it a wee bit because he was a first-team coach and seen as this kind of coaching guru, if you like, that well, maybe these guys are just a bit kind of, no, a bit flowery at times, a bit kind of, no, it's all about philosophies and projects and stuff like that. And I think, I think that perception has been kind of built up. Where I was quite surprised, having now spoken to him and interviewed him uh, and been in his company, is that he's got a bit more steel 
then then I thought, no, he's got a bit more character, a bit more personality about him than I probably was giving him credit for a few weeks ago. Um, and I think a few people would have been like that if you'd know if you didn't know him and just seen him as this kind of this backroom coach, albeit a very talented one. The question is, no, is that could this guy has he really got the personality, the kind of um, that kind of steal to be a manager? As I say, after yesterday, I, I think he probably he probably has, and I think that's something he's going to need. But I think it's something any Rangers manager coming in was going to need against Ange Postecoglou, who I think is such a big character, big personality, and I think Rangers needed somebody to to really go up against that. I mean, aside from it on the pitch. Even off the pitch, just having that presence about them, um, as I say, that's something I didn't automatically give Bill credit for. But I think he's got a bit of that. I think he's got a bit, a bit more than than I thought. Because like Gav, if I'm being honest, he probably wouldn't have been my first choice. I think I thought at this particular time, this Rangers squad needed somebody like Sean Dyche. He would have been my Number one, uh, number one choice for them as manager, and that's purely as I say. You know, looking at this squad, would they? I think this squad need in terms of a manager at this time. I thought Deitch ticked a lot of boxes just in terms of that aura, that presence, that no nonsense kind of style. Um, and I thought Beal was going to be the opposite of that. But as I say, I've changed my tune a wee bit because after speaking to him yesterday. As I said, I actually think he's got a wee bit of that and I think that can only be a good thing for these players. And that's the thing about this, Scott. I mean, obviously you had the benefit of meeting him yesterday, so you have now sort of you know, changed maybe what your initial opinion was. That's the thing we have to say. You know, when I was asked right away, Daniel, when Van Bronckhurst was sacked that day, to me it was like inexperience. He's only been a manager for, what, 22 games and he did he'd lost four of his last five and all that. But but what you have to accept, what, what we have to accept is that the Rangers board worked with this guy for three and a half years, Ross Wilson, Stuart Robertson, you know, whoever else. You know, they know him. Um, so you've got to, you've got to accept that they're in a position where, you know, they, they can judge better than we can. So, all these things that Scott's talking about, they would have known that already. Scott then forms that opinion when, when he meets him just for half an hour yesterday or whatever it is. So you've you've got to you've got to take that into consideration. They knew what they were appointing. They would know that he was stealing and what, what he could do. And I, you know, and you've got to you've got to accept that. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that is because I think I think the last thing these players need at the moment is somebody to get and be their pal. Basically, because they're trying to chase down Celtic. You no, know, they've got a nine-point deficit in the league. They're under real pressure. You no, know, to go and win trophies. They've had a embarrassing Champions League exit already this season. You no, know, it's been a really poor start to the campaign. I don't think these players need somebody to get in and and put an arm around their around their shoulder. I think I think some of them need to be told you're not performing at the level where you should be. And and I'm going to change that. And if that doesn't change, then you'll not be here any longer. And I thought that's something that that Sean Deitch or somebody of that ilk might have brought immediately. And that was my that that was where I had doubts or reservations about Bill. No, would he go in and as I say, no, just say all the right things and no, as I say, just try and be there's that familiarization there, which I don't necessarily think would be a good thing, or I didn't think that initially. But just for listening to him the last few days, I don't think he is going to be 
be pals with the players. No, I don't think that's I don't think that's part of the plan. Of course, he'll try and get a smile back in their face and try and get them playing to their, their true potential again and try and get a wee bit of feel-good factor because any manager would need to do that because the place is... You know, that dressing room must be in the doldrums just now just with, with how everything's went in this season. So he'll try and lift the place, but he said a couple of things yesterday, you know, talking about looking in these players' eyes and seeing if they've, if they've got it in them and stuff. I like that because I think a few of these players... Who are who are, you know, grossly underperforming at the minute. Need need a few a few home truths, and as I say, by the sounds of it, you no, know, Michael Beale's going to going to give them that. And as I say, for Rangers going forward, I think that's an absolute must. Yeah, it's hard to know how much of the you can tell just reading between the lines, Scott. I mean, maybe you can elaborate a bit more on this. I mean, you you were there, but just. From from what he said, it's it's pretty clear. I think if the camera wasn't rolling and you were sitting down with him with a coffee and you got a few, you know, home truths from like some Michael Beale and, and the board about what, the, you know, what they thought of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, I think it'd be pretty eye opening because you could tell even in what they were saying, you know, about the style and you know, about the fitness and different things. It, it's pretty clear. I mean, he said that, you know, people think that it's completely broken and it's not. Yeah. It's not. So he obviously thinks that these players will be suited to a, a different style, not the style that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was implementing. Yeah. So he, said, he, said yesterday, he said yesterday in the broadcast, he said he actually asked the players, no, yeah. what, what style do you prefer? And they answered him and he didn't want to reveal the answer, and then he, he almost kind of backtracked a wee bit by saying, well, they, they, they did like certain things that, that had been going on. So, like you say, you're reading between the lines, and the only thing you can take for that is that players weren't happy with how it was going under under Gio. And I've got a bit of sympathy for Gio, you know, in various aspects of it, but he did you know, he did make some, some mistakes, some poor decision-making, and I just think there's no getting away from the fact, for whatever reason, and it's not to say the players aren't to blame because ultimately they should be doing what the manager tells them. But I think it's pretty clear. No, going from last season where they were getting to that Europa League final, um, no, I, I don't know how it's managed to deteriorate so badly. But clearly, Van Bronckhurst wasn't getting a wasn't getting a tune out of these players, wasn't getting a response from them. And I think already again reading between the lines with what Bill saying. I think almost instantly he's went in and, and kind of lifted the place and get it going. And you know, for what for what I've heard, just you know, you hear wee things, wee rumours. I do I do think the training has changed this season for whatever reason. Whether it was Van Bronckhurst what he changed the style, you know, try and make more of his own imprint on on the team and the way they're playing. I don't know, but from what I hear, the training was a bit less intense, you no, know, a bit more passive at times, a bit slower. And maybe these players just haven't reacted to that. And I definitely think it'll be different under Bill. He's already um he's already hinted that in a few interviews that he's given that, that he's he's quickened the pace up. And you know, if they don't uh know, if they don't adhere to that, then then they're gonna have problems. So I definitely think there's been a there's been a change. But you're right, Gav, I think for whatever reason the players no, they had they weren't responding to Geo or his method. And they, they needed a change, and obviously it's obviously it's come. That's why in the short term, certainly for the here and now, you know, Michael Beal, you can see the sense in that appointment for the here and now because he worked with so many of the guys that were already there, as he said, you know, Connor Goldson, 
we hear that he loves Glenn Kamara as a player who hasn't been performing, Morelos, Kent, all these other guys. So actually in the short term from now till then, he can get these guys all playing again to the system that they enjoyed when he was there before under Steven Gerrard. I suppose the challenge from long term comes when, you know, you've got to then totally perform surgery on the squad and bring in your own players and all that. That's where it becomes a different challenge for him. He's got to show that he can spend the funds wisely and all that. That's something we don't really know yeah. um, about him. You know, being a good I coach. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think short term won't be an issue. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're trying to predict things and this might be totally wrong, but even now I can see them getting into that Hibs game and just blowing Hibs away in that first yeah. game. Because... Oh, it's a nighttime game. You know, the fans are back after a break. Yeah. It's a new it's a new manager. Yeah. I can see them absolutely flying at the traps yeah. that night and, and getting a big result. I don't think short term will be the issue, as Gav says. I think long term is the issue. Two things. One, as Gav says, this squad, no matter what way you look at it, is going to need restructuring in the summer. Michael Beal has really got no experience of that as a as a number one. So that's going to be a big, a big challenge for them. And also, you know, Gav said there about getting them playing the system that they like and playing in Beal's system. That's fine. And again, I think there will be an initial reaction to that. But you need to remember, I mean, towards the end of Stephen Gerrard's reign, people were criticising that system, criticising the way they were playing because it was becoming too samey. It was a bit boring. Other opposition teams had cottoned on to it. Now, a lot of talk about these two, you know, the two number 10s coming back and fans are getting excited. That's fine, but by the end of Gerard's reign, they were they were complaining about that. I mean, they were talking about how people had sussed it out, and you no know, Rangers were only getting the best out of them. So he's going to need to refresh it. And I, listen, I don't doubt he will because everything you hear about him as a coach, you no, know, and and he is a modern day coach. He's not going to just have one one system. I don't think or one way of playing. And even if he does, there'll be tweaks within that. He, he's no daft. He's not going to come in and just do the exact same. As he did under you no know, under Steven Gerrard and expect it just to flow short term and long term because I, I just don't think that will happen. So it, it, it is going to need to be changed up. The squad has actually changed as well. Remember since since he was last year, he's got he's got a few different players. He's got players coming back for injury. He's going to try and integrate. So I do think it'll be a bit different. But as Gav says, that's going to be the big long term challenge. How does he restructure the squad? into his own kind of vision and his own mould. And also, as I say, they need to come up with a system. It can't just be the exact same as what he did under Gerard because, as I say, towards the end, that wasn't working. So it's going to need to change up again. And Gav, two of the players that will be top of his list to kind of get sorted, for want of a better phrase, oh, yeah. is Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos. I mean, anyone watching uh, Gio's last game against St Mirren would be forgiven for thinking that's the last time Morelos would play. Really, yeah. his performance is that poor. But do you think Michael Beale, the kind of freshness, the breath of fresh air he's brought in, is he the guy that could maybe get them back on track? Well, that's what you would think. I mean, I don't think it's any surprise that the the sort of short clip, I think the other day we might have been in, Daniel, when we watched it, the, the sort of short clip that was put out on the club's um, social media channel was of uh, Ryan Kent, uh, a great finish in training, and he was looking sharp and all that. I think Morelos might have actually laid it off at the end of a kind of well-worked move. I don't think it's any surprise that that was kind of put out because that's obviously the image that they want to put out that here's a guy that was struggling and he's and he's got his zip back. So, look, I think the, the simple answer is yes. I mean, you would like to think that two guys who respect, you know, Michael Beale so much, then they, they would raise their game. It's, should it really take that? 
probably not, but that's life and that's football. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're going to, um, there was those managers that players will just run through brick walls for, I think, and I think they will, but that's fine. Short term, long term, they've only got six months left in their contract. Is that going to be enough for them to, to, to sign new deals? I'm not so sure. I think possibly the two of them have maybe just their time at Ibrox has come to an end. Mm-hmm. I'll be staggered if Morelos is there no, beyond the end of the season. And I'd even be surprised if if he does lift his game to a level where he's playing regular under Michael Beale, if I'm honest. As you say, Daniel, I mean, that St Mirren game, for me, had to be the last straw for Morelos. I mean, that it was a... A shocking performance, not just in terms of what he did on the ball, just his attitude and his behaviour on the pitch. Yeah. I thought was was appalling that day. Now, like Gav says, I don't doubt Bill will have an immediate influence on him, and Morelos might be glad he's back. Who, who knows? But I don't think it's going to be enough. No, to get him back playing regularly in this Rangers team, and then even tempt the club into offering them a new a new deal. I just I just don't see it. Um I mean I don't think it's any coincidence that Bill in the last couple of days he's actually spoke about Kemar Ruth more than he has Alfredo Morelos. Mm-hmm. I think that tells you tells a story in itself that he probably sees he probably sees he probably sees Ruth as more his central striker than than he does uh, Morelos. Um, he's, no, he's been asked about Morelos a few times and hasn't given into any great, any great detail at all about him. Um, I just think Morelos times up. I, I, I don't. I disagree with Gav slightly on Kent. I actually think it might be the opposite with Kent. I get the impression from what Bill's saying that he will make it a major priority to get Ryan Kent on a new on a new contract. No. I don't know what Ryan Kent's thinking or his representatives. So I don't know if there's a real willingness there to stay. But I think Bill coming back will be a major boost to Kent. I think, I think Michael Beale's already said he's known him since he was 10 years old. He knows his parents and stuff like that. And when you think about the progression in Ryan Kent, no matter what you think of how he's playing the now or how, he, how he's played the last year or so, when Rangers signed Ryan Kent, he couldn't get a game with Bristol City. To think three years later he's manning a match against Borussia Dortmund away from home and taking the help Rangers get to a, a, a Europa League final. That to me was down to Steven Gerrard and Michael Beale, you know, that, that development in him. And I think Ryan Kent will know that. It's just where these two parties are at the moment in terms of what the club can offer him, what Kent's thinking about his future. But again, you're just trying to read between the lines and from everything Beale has said. I think he'll try everything in his power to keep Ryan Kent at Rangers. And listen, I think that'd be a good thing. Kent's got his critics in terms of numbers and stuff. I've criticised myself at times for not producing enough uh, in terms of end product, goals and assists. But I do think he's one of these players that you probably won't realise how good he is until he's until he's not there when you, when you get somebody in to try and replace him. And I think the last couple of games of Van Bronckhorst's reign, Kent actually stood up no one was counted in a few of the games when other players were hiding and, and no performing. I think Kent actually came to the four. Um, I, I was thinking of the midweek game against Hearts. That's right. 100%. Well, second half. Second half. And the Samirin game. And the Samirin game, yeah. And they get uh, the penalty. 
Yeah, that's of course. Yeah, so I, I think, as I say, I, I just think Kent. He divides fans, I think, at times. But as I say, I think when you come out, if you, if you let a guy that talent go for nothing, and then you're going to try and replace them, I think it's a big job. I think if you've now got a manager who has proved they can get the best out of Ryan Kent, you've got him in the building now. As I say, he's known him since he was a kid. He knows the family. There's a real connection there. I now think there's a real possibility or a real prospect that Rangers could could sit down with Ryan Kent and get him get him to sign a new long-term deal. And as I say, I, I, personally, I think that would be a good thing. Um, the opposite of Morelos, obviously. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Gav, Neil's taking the job right in the cusp of the January transfer window. We've talked about, obviously, longer term at the end of the season, lots of players at a contract. Do you imagine Bill doing a lot of business in January? Uh, well, I think Ross Wilson said there'll be funds there, you know, we'll try and make something. I, I don't know if the answer was overly convincing, was it? I mean, I don't think, no, I don't think it'll do a lot. I don't think there'll be a lot of business done in January, I have to be honest. I mean, uh, I think the key thing is going to be getting, and you rind them off. I mean, you just forget the number of injuries, you know, that the Rangers have had. I mean, you start to, when he starts to rhyme those players off, you know, like Hadji and Tom Lawrence and, you know, even, the, I mean, I mean John Sutton, we haven't seen, uh, you know, start of the season. Uh, ben Davies been out for spells. Uh, Yilmaz is out now. Kemar Rufus, Scott mentioned there. I mean, and there's, there's just, there's more. Um, so... Um. Sorry, oh, Philip Hollander, yep. Did I say Tom Lawrence? I mean, he's obviously the big one because he was yeah. all summer signings. He was the one that started. Um, so I think that is a priority. I think once you get all these players back fit again, I think actually the squad is okay, um, but underperforming. So I think if you get these players playing, get get them fit, and if Michael Beale can get them playing to their you know, peak form, then... I think that they're in pretty good nick, to be honest. I, I think short term, short term, he'll maybe try and make one or two tweaks in January. As Gav said, I don't think it'll be wholesale or you no know, kind of radical changes. But I get the feeling he'll. Pro- he says he's assessing the current squad at the moment. I think he'll probably assess it and see that one or two isn't quite up to the level that he's looking for, and maybe try and move them out in January, whether that's in loan or, or selling them. And there's no doubt every manager will have one or two players in mind that he'd like to try and try and get in immediately. They think so, no strengthen the the squad. Um, no, whether the whether the funds are, are are available to do what he wants to do, I'm not sure. I mean, it's money's obviously going to be tight, but I think come January he'll probably want. I think he'll probably want one or two in if he can. As I say, I don't think it's a necessity because Gav says as long as he gets bodies back. No real quality, like uh, Hadji and Lawrence and Roof in particular, they're probably a three that you know are proven, and if you get them fully fit, they can they can be real real assets to you. But I think there'll be one or two positions he's looking at um, for ahead to January and thinking I could maybe maybe change it up a wee bit. I mean, he knows that market. You know, he knows the sort of championship market and all that down south so well, doesn't he? I mean, you could imagine, you know, a loan, a couple of loans even. Yeah. Um, but I think. I really think it's vital for me to get a fast start because I mean there's no there is no getting away from it. There there a large chunk of the fans initially weren't convinced. 
you know, by the appointment of Michael Beale. And I think for that reason, he, he really needs to get off to a flyer um, just to ease any of those doubters. And but as Scott said, I mean, there is a good opportunity for that. Hibs at home, Thursday night. Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. You know, we've had a month off. Everybody should be ready to go. He's given the place a lift. There's no excuse, really, uh, not to get off, you know, to a flyer. Because if he doesn't, it's, it's only going to get harder. I mean, if he starts to struggle, if they lose any more ground, you have you know, already nine points behind. I mean, you've got a real danger when the gaps like that, the season just going like that. I mean, a bit like we saw it in the season when Rangers won the league, you know, they got that gap, uh, built up a really big gap uh, on Celtic and then, you know, Rangers won the old Firm game and they stretch so far and it ends up 25 points. I mean, that, that can happen. It can happen easily, a couple of games. So he needs to... He needs to really eat into that gap quickly. Mm-hmm. And Scott, he's still in. I mean, he's still in both domestic cup competitions. Obviously, Aberdeen in the League Cup semi next month, the Scottish Cup to come. As Gav says, you know, it's obviously about making Rangers competitive again in the second half of the season. Um, Bill said himself yesterday. Obviously, the overall target is to get the fifty-six title as soon as possible. Between now and May, is it is it really just that getting Rangers back to win games week in week out? I think it is, but I do think the cups are vital. Yeah. Daniel, I thought, uh, I thought it was a great piece with Alec McLeish a couple of weeks ago in the, the Daily Record when he spoke about the comparison though, when he came into the club when Martin O'Neill Celtic were totally dominating. At the point he came in, the league was pretty much beyond him. And he thought, no, I need I need to win a cup just to get fans on board because there was a bit of scepticism about McLeish coming in among supporters back at that time as well. And no, he didn't just win one cut, he won, won both of them, um, no, beat, beating Celtic along the way. And that really gave them so much a lift that they went on to win a, win a treble the next season. So I think it's absolutely crucial and Bill must know that. Um, he admitted yesterday, you know, the cup record hasn't been good enough. And that obviously goes back to when he was there under Stephen Gerrard and there were some really poor cup exits to the likes of St Mirren, St Johnson. Aberdeen at Hamden obviously sticks out as well. Um, Aberdeen at Ibrox as well. Aberdeen at Ibrox, of course, yeah, that's right. So some really bad exits um, in the Cups and Rangers. That just can't happen for Rangers, especially in the situation that they're in now. I mean, nobody's going to give up the league. As Gav says, no nine points, it's a big gap, but no things can happen. Stranger things have happened. So they need to start immediately winning league games. Bill spoke about it himself. It's not so much about the old firm game, it's about beating everybody. They need to get back to beating everybody else first and foremost, and then these games will take care of itself. But I think cup competitions are, are crucial, and it's something that he should really be really be focusing on, not just for the, the pleasure it will give supporters this season, but the lift they could get going into, going into next season, when he is going to have to restructure this squad put his own kind of imprint on it. Um, so I think that the League Cup, certainly this semi-final against Aberdeen coming up, and also, you no know, looking ahead, he's got a you know, tricky Scottish Cup tie away to St. Johnson as well. See, uh, never got the headlines this week, but they could have done without that draw. I mean, it's just what, I mean, when you look in the fourth round of all the draws, I mean, you could have been home to a junior team or anything, but I mean, away yeah. to St. Johnson, where they just lost... Just- um, last month. Uh, although, having said that, maybe that's a, maybe that's a perfect opportunity. You go up there. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. You either go, God, here we go again, or you go the other way and you just go up and say, right, let's go. And mm-hmm. I think in, in any other circumstances, you'd be thinking, right, it's not an ideal draw, but no, you you would you would take it. But 
as you say, given what happened a few weeks ago, when you know, when they came out the hat together, you're thinking, oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's that's the last thing, last yeah. thing we needed. But so he's got a tricky ties. I say the semi final will not be easy because Aberdeen are obviously in good form as well. No good players, and obviously the St Johnson tie away from home is going to be is going to be tricky. But I think real emphasis has to be put on the the cups now without without taking their eye off the league, obviously. But if he can get to the end of the season, one and one, maybe two trophies, I think it will help Bill massively in the eyes of the supporters going into, going into next summer. I think those games are one week after the other, am I right? I think one week yeah, yeah. January. Yeah. So, I mean, what a huge seven days for him. And I think, I think I've just on that. Scott makes a brilliant point, I think, about the Aberdeen game because not only will get Rangers to a cup final, but with all due respect to Kelly, he expects Celtic to see off Kelly in the other semi. Give Rangers an early, an early crack at Celtic to kind of show, let Bill put a marker down and show, look, you know, we're back kind of thing. Yeah, well, exactly. And that's, I think Scott really summed it up perfectly. He's right. He, he highlighted that season when Alex McLeish came in after. It was very, very similar circumstances in terms of the mood. Uh, the league was gone. I mean, the, the gap was much bigger then than it is now. I mean, there, there is a very small chance a very small chance that they could get back into this title race, but but absolutely. Um, Bert Contumans goal against Celtic, uh, yeah, yeah. and that was in the semi final. And then the Scottish Cup was, the, was that the Barry Ferguson free cap? Was that one? So it was a dramatic game, ding dong. But yeah, it, it, they did. But Alice McLeish came in just as Scott said, just show that we're not going to be pushed around anymore. And that's what they did. They stood up to Celtic and even just psychologically gave them the belief that they needed to show next season we will compete with you. And they did. It put a marker down. No, O'Neill's team were seen then as being, being pretty much unbeatable domestically. And yeah. it's beginning to look that way with the post So Bill's going to quickly need to you know, put his stamp on it. And as I say, put a marker down to say, look, you're not going to get this all your own way. I'm now coming in with my style, my players. You know, we're going to win a cup or two and we'll be ready to go next season, challenging for the, the league. That's what McLeish did and it, it's what Beal's going to have to do in this, this short spell. Guys, I think one thing that's for sure is that it won't be boring. Whatever happens, I think it's going to be a, a roller coaster ride as it always is in Scottish football. Um, Scott, Gav, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for joining us. 